0: Man, praise God! I give it up for the worship team. Uh, awesome job this morning. What a was just what a great what a great worship set. There was a couple times I just man just about jumped out of my seat. Actually, I did, but it was it was amazing. God, God is so good. Uh, so outlander this week, next week is the last of the outlander. An outlander is someone who doesn't belong. It's a pilgrim passing through. Again, you may feel like you're an outlander. God's maybe given you a vision. He's maybe given you a ministry. He's given you a heart. And you're just like, man, I, maybe I just don't I don't fully get it. I don't fully understand. You might just be an outlander. You might be someone that God is just using or, or prepping to use. Uh, Joshua was an outlander. He knew he didn't belong in the wilderness. He knew he, he belonged in the promised land. He belonged in that, that land that God said, this is yours, it's for you people. He knew he wasn't supposed to be a slave. He served a God that was greater than any other God. And so this, this is how we operate as outlanders. We, we, we become part of a land that we really uh, need to not get too attached to, a land that we're, that shouldn't own us. And we'll talk about some of those things today. When. Joshua crossed over the Jordan, we sang it in that that song. When he crosses over Jordan, he's getting a promised land. The promised land isn't the land. The promise is the freedom that's attached to the land. So when we become one in Christ, when we become a Christ follower, it's not about possessions that we get. It's about freedom that we get. And somehow we determine how we can handle our freedom or not. And so uh, too many times we're worried about the possessions. We're worried about the thing, okay? Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Well, he'll bless you as long as we become a a blessing to others, as long as we're a conduit or a current and let it run. Through us, okay. So what? What Joshua was looking at is that when he crossed over and he walks into freedom, well, then there's battles to be won. The Bible says in Joshua that there was enlist th- them. There's 33 kings that he defeated over 39 battles. A couple times it took him a couple times to to, to defeat a king, and that's true in our walk. There might be battles that you're fighting internally, relationally, mentally, uh, psychologically, even physically there's battles that we fight that God is walking us through. And sometimes when we become a one with Christ or we start to follow him, we don't understand why things actually get a little bit harder before they get better. Well, you're in a fight. You're in a war. Uh, Joshua at this time is a soldier. We see him as a seeker. We see him as a son. We see him, now we see him as a soldier, okay? And so we saw him as a servant. He's a soldier now and he's an outlander. And so now God tells Him what to do, and he's up against in Joshua the 10th chapter. He's up against some kings, and the kings are mean. There's five kings that he's up against. So we'll talk about those kings in a moment. But we have to we have to know that when you become a Christ follower, not everything is easy. Sometimes it's hard. But the victory is there, okay? There's a battle along the way, but the victory is there. And we have to know that, and it comes through maturity. As we mature in Christ and we start to grow. Now, it doesn't mean you're immature if you're fighting a battle. The battle helps us to mature in our walk with Christ. And so let's go to Joshua 10. We're going to read the first five verses, and then we'll talk about a few things. I'll give you some ideas of what it means to be a warrior, a soldier, and then we'll talk really about the, the fifth point. As soon as Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, and this is Jerusalem before Israel, so it was evil place, mean people, okay? Uh, 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 Satanic worship, all those things. As soon as he heard how Joshua had captured Ai and had devoted it to destruction, doing all to Ai and its king as he'd done to Jericho and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. Them, he feared greatly. In other words, he like when you see. Here's the thing: when you become a Christ follower, the enemy, not a person but a spirit, the enemy doesn't like you. The enemy, but but the enemy fears you because of the God that you have in you and the, what the work that God wants you to do. So he attacks your mind. He attacks with doubt. He attacks it with anxiety. He Attacks it with fear. But he fears you just like these enemies. Fear Joshua. Joshua's walking in the wilderness and he's, and he's wandering for 40 years and then they start to cross over and he's taken battle by battle by battle and sometimes we want to snap our fingers and we want every addiction gone we want every bad habit gone we want the past gone and that's not how God works. Sometimes God works on just one thing at a time but we're, we have such a microwave society we want it done quick because it's less painful but God says no I'm going to walk you through it so the Israelites, they joined with Gibeon, or Gibeon actually joined with the Israelites so that they wouldn't, be, uh, they wouldn't be murdered. Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai and all its men were warriors, So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, Pyram, king of Jarmath, Japhia, king of Lachish, and to Debur, king of Eglon, saying, those names are important, by the way. If you don't take notes, at least write that scripture down, Joshua 10 and uh, 3, because we'll go back over that in just a moment. Come up to me and help me and let us strike Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the people of Israel. Then the five kings, again five, kings of Amorites and kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmath, Lachish, and Eglon gathered their forces and went up all their armies and encamped against Gibeon and made war against it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We know it's a word from you today. We pray for those today that are here that are struggling in any area of their life, physical, spiritual, financial, mental, emotional, or relational, that there's freedom for them. The freedom might come with the battle, but the victory is already there. So let us open our heart right here and right now to understand those things that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. So remember... When they cross over to the promised land, it wasn't so much the possession as it was the freedom. Yes, they got possessions with it. They got a land flowing with milk and honey. They got a land that was harvested. They got a land with fruit on it, with vegetation on it. They got a land with mountains and streams. They got all the things for sustenance of life, but it wasn't the possession. It was the freedom. They had been wandering for the last 40 years, living in tents, moving as God directed them, and then the 400 years before that, they were slaves in all of Egypt, so 400 years a slave and 40 years a wanderer, okay, this is a rough life, like I, I, I myself do not like to camp, I, I, we, we have a little place in the mountains uh, that we go to that has indoor plumbing and a sofa and a TV, that's my idea of camping, all right, Other than that, if Jenny says you want to camp, it needs to say Marriott or Hilton. Or it needs to say uh, Holiday Inn Express, or it has to say one of those things on it. Now, we used to camp uh, back a long, long time ago when the kids were, were young. Janie would say, let's go camping. Let's like camping weekend. And everything sounds good when you're putting the tent together and you're, you know, you're getting the, uh, we would take frying pans, we would take pots and pans, we would take, I mean, the van was full, okay? And I would like, honey, where are we putting the kids? We got to put the kids somewhere. And then one time we forgot the tent poles. Uh, another time we drove four hours and there was no campsites av- available. So we drove all the way up around the campsite come- and drove all the way back home. Uh, then the one time we had to sleep on the ground because there was no camp pole. Our, our camping experience have not been any good. And then at the end there, what we started doing is just taking a tent and sleeping bag. And we would just find the local fast food restaurant or somewhere. And then we would go in and eat and then come back. And, and we would have fun. Uh, I don't like camping. I don't mind saying that. I apologize. I uh, don't mean to hurt you or offend you if you like you're a camper. Hey, go get them. Like go you rock, right? Marvin, you rock, man. Guy wants a sleeping bag in the Rockies and no tin. He's just gonna he's just gonna go elk hunting or something, okay? Not me. I ain't doing it. I go to Hilton Head and get a timeshare. <laughs> That's camping. We're camping this weekend. <laughs> All right, these guys camped for 40 years in the wilderness. So we're not talking about someone who's soft, like like me, who needs a bed, you know, with a cushion. Like it's not soft enough, let's add another cushion on top of the cushion. These guys slept on the ground. like they, they, Like they were bad to the bone, like bad, bad dudes, okay? And Joshua said, we're going to go take that land, and they knew it was a good land. And so they took the land. They crossed over, and now we have to see, like, now they're going to fight some battles, and the testimony of who they were actually went before them. Like, hey, I heard what they did at Jericho. Uh, I heard what they did at Ai. Like, these guys, we don't want to mess with these guys. And so every testimony, the word testimony means do it again. Every time God heals you. Every time God sees you through, every time God promotes you, every time God blesses you, every time God shows his favor on you, every time God uh, does something miraculous for you, every time you take a breath, the enemy sees that and says, wait a second, these guys are God followers. They're, i got to watch out for them. I'm going to be afraid of them. Listen, you don't, have, you don't have to be fearful. You don't have any fear. You know R.W. Shamrock You say, you don't have any fear. All you need is faith in God. When you walk in faith, the devil fears you. Listen to that. He fears you. Why? Because you're a faith follower. You know you're an outlander. You're just passing through. Something happens. It doesn't matter. I'm just passing through. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to love God. But I'm an outlander. I'm I'm simply passing through this life. It doesn't own me, okay? God owns me. He becomes the king of kings and the Lord of all glory. We, we have that attitude, and you, and you know someone, that if you've not had a miracle, you know somebody that's had a miracle. But I believe every person in this room who is a Christ follower has already expressed and ex, uh, received the greatest miracle of all. You have God living inside of you through his son, Jesus Christ. That's power-packed. Church, that's amazing if we can understand that. So I'm going to give you four things really quickly, really quickly, and then we'll we'll stop on the fifth one of just kind of what a soldier is when you when you cross over. Listen, Joshua and the Hebrew would be Yeshua, which is the same name as Jesus. So Joshua wasn't Jesus, but he's a type of Christ. So he because he's a type of Christ in the earthly form, we can learn some things from him when he crossed over Jordan into the promised land. It was the promise of freedom. No longer is he a wanderer no longer is a slave he was 40 years a slave and 40 years a wanderer and then 80 years old he's crossing over i mean that's what i want to do i want to do it before 80 but i want to be 80 or 85 i want to be ready to take that mountain i want to be in spiritually shape to where i can do whatever god wants me to do and i want grace church to follow amen all right so number one life is a warfare Life is a warfare, You, but you don't fight it in earthly means. In other words, we don't put on boxing gloves in reality. We just don't go punch somebody. Listen, there, there's people I'd like to punch. There are people I would like to punch. Pro, maybe you too. No, I wouldn't like to punch you, but do you, is anybody here like, I want to, Pastor, I just want to punch stuff. Yeah. Jessica, raise your hand because, yeah, there you go. Hun- yeah. I mean, I only, Boyd, what about you? Are you, no, you didn't raise your hand, did you? God bless you. You got a crystal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got Emily. That's right. I forgot. You have, you have an Emily from Burke County. That's why Andrew didn't raise his hand either. He's got an Emily from Burke County. There are, might be people you got to punch, but listen, it's not about punching, it's not about hitting. It's about spiritually fighting. So that's why the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So the pulling down of strongholds, we put on this helmet of salvation, a breastplate of righteousness, We, uh, we have the belt of truth. We we're prepared to, to spread the gospel with our uh, good news with our feet. We have a, feet, a shield of faith and a sword of the spirit. This is our armor. This is how we walk through life. And so when things come in the physical, we handle them in the supernatural. We handle them in the spiritual. And by the way, the old shield of faith wasn't made out of metal. It was actually made out of dried paper, all right, And they would put paper coating and paper coating and paper coating and paper coating until it became so hard, like a real hardened board or hard board. But what they would do so that when the fiery darts came and, and that shield of faith so that it wouldn't start on, fi- on fire, that shield, they would dip it in oil and the oil would put the fire out. So here's the deal. When you have your shield of faith dipped in the oil of the Holy Spirit, those fiery darts cannot get to you. The oil of the Holy Spirit will put them out. This is why we have to be fresh and new, and those mercies are new every day. Life is a warfare. You have to know that. You are in a battle, whether you want to know it or not. It, it, you, you, we, watch, uh, we watch Little League football, and some of those kids don't even know why they have the pads on. That's scary. <laughs> All right? It's like uh, me at, at the plate with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. You wouldn't want that because that would be like I wouldn't know what to do. That's scary. Listen, born-again believer, Christ follower, you just dip that shield of faith in the oil of the Holy Spirit, and you'll be able to fight the war. Amen? Life is a warfare. Number two, endure hardships and take orders. Endure the hardships, but take the orders. Like, life is full. Listen, I I thought when I got to my age, life would get easier. It gets harder. You lose parents. You lose siblings. You lose loved ones. People that you love come down with an incurable disease. Things happen because of the fall. Those things, and it just gets harder and harder. You have to endure the hardships, amen? He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And then we have to take orders. What is that? That's obedience. I was in uh, Boulder, Colorado in 1994, and E.V. Hill was the, uh, was the speaker, one of the keynote speakers. There, Greg Laurie, they had all kind of, uh, kind of like the who's who of the day back in, in 94, a long time ago. And so uh, we were there, and Evie Hill had one of the largest churches in America at the time, a wonderful pastor in Los Angeles, and he had a resounding voice, kind of a T.D. Jakes type uh, preacher, if it were today. And he got up and he, he preached on occupying until I come, only well, he would say, Occupy occupied until I come and he preached it with conviction and he preached it with passion and I like I wanted to coach I wanted to strap him up I was ready to go I wanted to go hit somebody right then I mean he was he was forceful it was fifty four thousand men praising God and, and making commitment and, and loving God and I just thought man God I just want to do something for you but we have to endure Hardships and take orders occupy occupy is a military term it means don't just sit still and let life pass you by actually be part of what's going on take take issue take part do something I was in the, the first service and preached at the same point someone came up to me afterwards who's who's of the same uh, denominational background as I am okay and and uh, he's been he's just been engulfed with with Christ and he's growing every Sunday and he, he's living God. He's got a Harley like we do. And, and, and uh and he's got tears streaming down his face. He's a grown man. He said, Man, I gotta do something. I'm like, man, said, you're, you're doing it. You're just doing it. Don't don't be, you know, don't let condemnation get. You're, you're doing it just by by just growing every week in, in Christ. But we have to uh, we have to take orders. We have to be obedient to Christ and to do what he calls us to do. Number three, it's Freedom comes with responsibilities. I, I, I feel like this is me speaking. I feel like the church world today is too worried about their rights and not their responsibilities. And and I I, I know that through the last year and a half or two years, we've that's my right. I've got have got a right. And and yes, you do. You have a right as a U.S. citizen. But our bigger responsibility is to the Lord Jesus Christ, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love God with everything in us, to be humble and, and pure, to be sincere and true, and to love the person that we disagree with as much as the person that we, that we agree with. We have responsibilities to introduce Jesus to people, not by our words, but by our actions. And then that's important to do. That's very, very important to do. And so we have responsibilities more so than rights. We, we have a right. We have rights, but but we really have responsibilities, and freedom comes with those responsibilities. And number four, you, we need to pray bodacious prayers. Uh, like, I had a friend in high school named Ron, really good guy, uh, a little bit of a, a tough upbringing, uh, and uh uh, in English class, he learned two words. You know, it was a different word every week, and one word was humongous, and the other one was bodacious. And so Ron would just walk around school saying, humongous, bodacious, and he had humongous, bodacious dreams and humongous, bodacious goals and just humongous, bodacious, and, and his voice was thundering, and, and he was a little wild. The, 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 the young men in, in Southamon, Nebraska were, I mean, they would have fit really well in Burke County. They were crazy wild. I mean, it it's really a benefit, a blessing of God that we're all still alive today. It's just, it's by the grace of God. And Ron was that way. And Ron was a character, but he understood humongous, bodacious. And Joshua was that way. Joshua would pray bodacious prayers. I mean, they were humongous, bodacious prayers. In fact, Joshua 10, I think 12 and 13 says this, at that time, during this war, when the five kings were attacking Israel and Gibeon, that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel, and he said, in the sight of Israel, son, stand still at Gibeon, and the moon in the valley of Ajalon, and the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher, which is spoken of twice in the scriptures, so we know that book existed. the sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not Hurry to set for about a whole day. NASA scientists will tell us that there is a day missing. I don't know; those guys are a lot smarter than me. But there was a day missing. One uh, Christ follower in NASA. This is some years ago. He opened the Bible to Joshua 10 and said, "I think I found your missing day. Here it is, right here." And it's like, wow! You can't like (sighs) see. My faith is simple. The Bible says it, and I believe that's so. Some people have to, it's got to be proven to them, and I don't, I'm not, I'm okay with that, because I think you should investigate, but to me, and it probably was the way I was born and raised from a little kid, and born and raised into a relationship with Christ, was that if this Bible says what I need to do, I need to do it. If it says I need to stay away from it, I need to stay away from it, but my faith is in God. And I, I, I came from a family and was born again into a family of God that just preached Jesus. And we, we believed by faith. And, and I know you might say, well, that's, that's sloppy faith, you know. You can't just believe everything you hear. And you shouldn't. You should read the scriptures. You should go home and, and check me on what I say every week and go home today and read Joshua, the 10th chapter. But faith is incredible. But, but what we need to know is that we have the opportunity to pray prayers that don't insult God. Uh, You pray a prayer that somebody else is going to take place. You pray a prayer that you know is going to take place later this week. That might be insulting God. God wants you to pray humongous, bodacious prayers that, that even challenge God. Like maybe asking for all your siblings or all your family members to to come to know Christ in a, a relational way, or maybe to start that business that like God's giving you a dream, or to start a, a food truck, or start a, or to you know continue to to feed nine thousand meals a a month. When we. When we pledged uh, uh, to Convoy of Hope uh, $25,000 a year, we didn't have it in our bank account here at church. We, we, were, we were in year number three of a building program that had been going nowhere. And uh, Janie said, are you crazy? I said, I think I am. But I think God will. And our church has come through with flying colors. And our bank account has, has, has risen. It, it doesn't make sense. When we start knocking on doors with Every Home for Christ, and we've knocked on 26,000 uh, doors uh, between paying off medical debt, between knocking on doors, and, and between paying um, uh, Convoy of Hope, the, the, the Asian orphans, we paid cash for a building downtown and all the upkeep. I, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But I know, and Janie and I have known this for over 40 years, whatever we do personally, God will do corporately. And whatever we, whenever we've challenged ourselves to give, and this is not a giving scripture because praying can be the same thing. We, we would give, uh, Janie would invite the, the missionary to stay at our house for two weeks. Elsie Peter stayed for our house three months, two different times. Nobody else would take her in. Janie said, we'll take her in. I said, honey, we got four kids three bedrooms. Where is she going to stay? We'll find a place for her. She she needs to stay with us. Best three months of my life. Seeing an anointed elderly person and how they pray. And how they give their life to God. When you pray humongous bodacious prayers, That only God can answer. That only God can can move. It it will it will make you an outlander. It will take you to a whole different level. And Ron, my friend, used to say, "Humongous bodacious." Some people say, "Audacious." I say, "Bodacious." Some people see "humongous." When you pray that way and you say, "God, (laughs) man, only you can." And by the way, prayer is not the last case scenario. It should be the first case scenario in all of our hearts. It should be the first thing. So you're losing a job. You've been laid off. It happened to Marcus last year. Three-fourths of his salary comes from another entity. And uh, he called. Papa got laid off. Mom, my heart sunk. I just, Marcus, God's going to see you through. Yeah, I know he will. I'm not just saying that. I've been where you're at. And God's going to see you through. And God, God saw him through. Charity. Not without a little bit of anxiety, maybe. Not with a little bit of a lot of prayer. But if you pray humongous, bodacious prayers, God will answer them. Just don't insult God. Craig Rochelle says, I think when we pray too small, we insult God. I think that might be true. Grace Church, believe God for everything. But But listen, don't make everything your God make make your God the God of everything, all right? Last, last but not least, and this is what we spend a little bit of time on, you got to kill the kings. It's important to kill the kings in our life. The, Joshua had to kill five kings to get freedom in that battle. Five against one, not very good odds, but Joshua knew, and this is part of the reason why he said sun stand still is because while they were yet daylight, he could kill them. He, he had them, but he was afraid that when the sun went down, they would go back and get more troops. So he he, he had them right where he wanted them. Well, because the sun stood still, and it didn't move, then he was able to capture him. And they went to a cave. And they went to a cave called Medeca or Mecca. And Mecca means false shepherding. So here, here's the word on play that I want you to grab today. Uh, the play on words. That whatever king we make instead or above our king, he becomes a false shepherd. That king does. So we have to kill kings. And all these kings have different names. And, uh, and they mean certain things. So Jerusalem means the spirit of oppression and anxiety, but the king of Jerusalem, his name is Adonai Zedek, which means master. So here's the thing. Remember, this isn't master like master God. This is master as in whatever you make master of your life, you become the servant of that. If it's your job, if it's your... Now, there's there's good things in our life, but whatever we put in front of God, we make master then we become the servant. So in a lot of cases in society today, it is oppression, or it is anxiety. It are the these things become our master because we, we bow to those things. Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes we get nervous or don't get nervous. You may get nervous. You're not bowing to the master of anxiety. It's just if it controls you, if it's on you, if you can't, you know, go out at night, if you can't uh, do certain things, all of a sudden it becomes the, it becomes your master. And I believe if you kill that king, there is freedom in that promised land for you. I believe that you can walk through that. It may take some time. It may be an ongoing battle, something that you have to fight. But Adonai Zedek was master. That's what his name meant. But Jerusalem was the spirit of oppression and anxiety, which, by the way, is prevalent in the world today. That's what the enemy tries to attack first and foremost, is it through modern technology and just through a society the way it is, many of our people suffer from oppression or anxiety or fear or hesitation again some of that's not bad you, know, you should have a healthy fear of roller coasters or or the interstate you should have a healthy fear of certain things that that's okay but but you need to be careful you need to understand that if you're making anxiety or oppression is controlling you it becomes your master and not god that's a king that you need to kill the second king is hebron it was a spirit of religious uh, religious spirit the king of Hebron was Hohem, was woe to them, okay? This is prevalent again in the church world when we become legalistic and we start damning people to hell who, who uh, might have a relationship with God or haven't had a chance to have a relationship with Christ. And we put up the woe to them. Well, they're not good enough. They're not righteous enough. And we start to point the finger and we become a judgmental spirit with a judgmental attitude. And the first person that we need to judge is ourself. The first person we need to point the finger is us. In fact, the Bible says a judgment will come to the house of the Lord first. Why is that? Because when we get our act together, other people will see the love that we have for Christ and each other. It won't be, uh, you know, a certain. Quotient or portion of the nation or people that we say all of a sudden through our actions, they, they don't belong. It becomes this this spirit of Hebron or the spirit of religiosity. Jarmuth is the next one. It's the spirit of poverty or mentality. But uh, Pyrams, the king, is uh, embarrassment. So it's a prideful situation. So, and poverty, by the way, is a mentality. You can have nothing and have everything, or you can have everything and have nothing. It works both ways. If you have a spirit of poverty, then nothing's good enough, and it's very prideful. I liked what T.D. Jake said one time when I was listening to him preach. He he said he was tired of of people in his congregation showing up uh, in their brand-new Escalade at their house and having their mother pay the rent. Now that'll preach, right? In other words, don't put it on. Stop showing off. Stay within your means. Do the things that you're you're called to do. But but I like the I like that if we if we have if we have a spirit of poverty, then it must be, and it is a mentality, we can change that to a spirit of blessing and favor. Again, not always necessarily tangible things, but a spirit of freedom that walks through us that says, Man, I am blessed. I am blessed. I, I love God. doesn't matter what I have because it could all be gone tomorrow. What I possess is his son, the righteous one, Jehovah Sid Canu. He lives within my heart. He is the righteousness supreme. And nobody can take that away from you. He lives forever within our hearts. Amen. The next king is lackish. He's the spirit of selfishness and self-reliance. And that, that king's name was Japhia. It was an enlightenment. He compares himself to God. So there, when we're self-reliant, we're not walking in humility. I, I get it. I understand. We, we, we want to try to fix people's problems. We want to try to fix things around the house. Although Janie and I have been working on our house, and I, I put up a light yesterday. Uh, I tried to, Jane, Jane and I put up a light together and I had, to, I put the light up and took it down four different times. It, it, so frustrating. And I realized this, this part, it, it, I, I'm not, I, I'm not self-reliant. Like I, I think she asked me to put it up because she probably called five other people and they said no, or they didn't answer the phone. So then she was encouraging me, Mark, we can get this, put this up. I, I don't, I, I, honey, let's try it. I, and man, it took us forever. And then we put up two. The second one went up like a snap because we learned from the first one. We, we have a spirit of self-reliance we have to be careful that it doesn't go over into pride as well. That our humility, when we walk in self-reliance in this in this king's this enlightenment, that we have to be we have to be watchful, church. We have to be careful that when we walk through it, that we're not snubbing our nose down at other people because uh, all of our reliance should be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Last but not least is Eglon, the spirit of lies and false accusations against you. This is the one I feel like most people probably uh, deal with the most. And the king of Eglon was Debur, which his name meant words. So how uh, how is it that both fit together so well? Because here's the deal. When we grew up, we learned that sticks and stones may break our bones, but words uh, words will never hurt us. That's completely not true. Like words hurt. Like people will say things and it's not like, no, that's not right. And you heard my wife say before, and she does it all the time. If somebody comes up to her and says something that she doesn't like, she just says to herself, I don't receive that. In fact, she's voiced that to people before too. I don't receive that. You say it all you want. I I don't have to believe it just because you say it. But what do you believe about Jesus saying that you are, uh, you are uh, his friend? You are joint heirs. He lives, you're, you're a brother in Christ. You're, you're the first and not the last. You're the lender not the bower. You're the head and not the tail. You are a blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. Why don't we start believing the words that God tells us and not the words that the enemy tells us? Well, why why don't we do that? Come on back Why don't we why don't we start believing within ourselves what the Bible, what God, what the Holy Spirit, what Jesus tells about us and not what the enemy tells about us. We're so quick to listen to somebody else that says, It's not gonna work out, you're not gonna make it, there's no way And all of a sudden it's like, Oh man, the, the roof is falling in, is it it's all over and all of a sudden those are just empty words, but but God says in his words, All my promises are yes and amen. You you can do it. Just fight the battle. Yes, you'll have to walk through. Nobody's going to hand it to you, but it's there. You got it. See, we have, we need that encouragement, not only amongst each other, but we need that encouragement from God. And God's laid it all out in his word. 365 promises, or actually 3,000 promises, 365 fear nots. So we, we read one a day, one fear not a day. I'm not going to fear today. Huh? Because God knows that the enemy will attack your head, but he wants your heart. Stand with me right where you're at as we get ready to close this service. Maybe you're here today and you, you, one of those kings kind of resonated with you. Maybe someone has said some things about you maybe words have hurt you, or maybe you were a young person at one time, and now you're a parent, and maybe your, your mommy and daddy said something that was just, you know, kind of hit you wrong, and you've never been able to let it go. you got to kill that king. To really be free, you got to kill the kings, and maybe you, d- you deal with some kind of anxiety or oppression or nervousness, and, and I'm not talking about just maybe nervous to, for if something's going to go right or, or this or that. I'm talking about it, it owns you. you gotta, you got to kill that king. And Jehovah Shalom, uh, he's peace. He's with us. He's peace. All right? The Lord is peace. And so wherever the enemy tries to fight you, God's already made a way for you. And we have to grab a hold of that. So I'm going to pray for you in just a moment uh, as you kill the kings. But that's what I'm going to ask as, as the worship team sings this next worship song and we close in prayer. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there's any kings you need to kill. Maybe something we didn't even mention. Maybe it's a, an addiction or it's a vice. Or maybe it's a, something else that, that maybe is just taking place in your life. And it's become a king. It's become a master. and You've become servant to it. You just need to kill it today. And then in the spirit world, you just need to kill it in Jesus' name so that you can move on. So, Father, we pray right now for every person here that uh, you would deal with the Holy Spirit on, on any kings in their life, anything that, that they might need to deal with, that they can kill, that they could just be done. If it is anxiety, if, if it is oppression, if it is uh, words that someone has spoken, if it is self-reliance or self-exaltation, if it's something, Lord, that, that's uh, mentality-driven like poverty or pride, we, we pray, Lord, we you reveal it in each and every one of us that we could kill that king right here, right now, and we can gain peace because that's a false shepherding. We want you to be our shepherd, Jehovah Rohai, our shepherd. We thank you, God. Our shoulders. We speak those things. We pray during this next song. Uh, Holy Spirit, you would deal with us individually as to what kings we need to kill. Jesus.
1: the enemy meant for evil God's going to turn around and you will see a victory you will see blessing come from it if you do what God's Word says and what a powerful word that was this morning I loved all of it but I I, I love the part that talked about the master You you serve a master but if you're putting anything at all in front of God he is not your master the thing that you serve becomes your master. I love that because it's so easy for us to get so busy doing stuff that if I have time, I'll do my devotion, or if I have time, I'll get in worship today, or if I have time, but we have all this stuff, like you said, the possessions and the stuff that we have becomes our master if we're not careful, so I think it's so important for us to say that the when our feet hit the floor, you wake up in the morning, you open your eyes, the first thought that should come to our minds and to our hearts should be, here I am to worship you today. Here is my body, here is my life, my plans, That whatever you have for me, here I am. And if it's, okay, and I got this to do, and I got this to do, and I got this to do, this is what you're serving, rather than to say, here I am, open my I'm here to I'm here to serve you and whatever you want for me today. Maybe there's somebody out there that you are gonna go and you're gonna speak to. It could be a simple thing, you're just shopping, and someone comes up and wants to talk to you. That may have been the plan that God had for you that day. But if you were so busy thinking of everything you had to do, you put what God's plan for you was in front of in front of Him. So that became your master. If that makes sense to you. So it's so important when you open your eyes in the morning your first thought needs to be here I am Lord what do you have for me today I love you I worship you I want to serve you I want to love my neighbor as myself because that is the great commandment to love the Lord thy God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself pastor talked about that so let's make sure when we open our eyes in the morning the first thought that he is our master that we say good morning Holy Spirit good morning Father I love you here need to have those words and we're going through a great devotion right now that talks about just even different words that you want to stop and think about like awesome and, and wonderful. take a word and, and ex, ex, let your mind think on it before your feet even hit the floor and um, a cute little thing our granddaughter we were on vacation and and um, her dad is our son and he said, um, mama, Papa, And that's what they've called us since they were born, since they could speak. And she said, Grammy, why does my dad call you mama? He's an adult. (laughs) I said, because that's just what he's always called us. I'm still his mama just because he's older and papa is still his papa. Those are enduring words. Those are special words, just like father Means Abba, Father. That means Daddy. That means that is that relationship that we have because He is my Master. He's my Savior. He is my Healer. He is my Father's Healer. Even though He's there, He is still the Healer. He is still. I will. I love that. There is so much to that. A miracle to that whole story that someday we'll share. But He is still still awesome Sophie so if maybe I could encourage you tomorrow morning when the first thing you do is you open your eyes before you think about what you have to do before you think about your plan just open your eyes and say good morning Holy Spirit or good morning Father good morning Jesus whatever plan you have for me today I put you first and I just want to follow your lead because you're my master You are my God. You are my authority. So do that tomorrow. Just try it and then just think on it. And then just be open. If maybe somebody comes across your path or you're at the Pizza Hut in Newton, if you're there and someone comes in to be served, you can maybe God put them there just for you to share that God loves you. Amen. Can we just try that this week? But what a great word. And let me say it. love y'all so much and Wednesday night at six o'clock in this parking lot right down here we are going to have a party it's a harvest party Um, decorate your your cars if you want if you don't just bring candy and share that too but we just want you to come out and bring a chair to sit on that makes it easier on the team to have to not bring out 300 chairs so if you just bring your own then you just have to so it makes it wonderful for us. So we appreciate your help in that. Um, but we're going to have a great time. So um, we want you to come out 6 o'clock in the parking lot. And if you want to decorate, decorate it up. Like you said, we're going to be in an ocean because we're the dolphins. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. A little late, but good. <laughs> uh, I love our, love our team. I, I, we love our team I think they're incredible and we think you're incredible and we know we've been getting a lot of messages and cards and gifts for pastor appreciation we love it but but we love you guys so much it's so easy for us to do what we do because you guys are amazing So let me bless you father we love you and we bless you and we thank you that you are our great leader you're our great father you are our Abba father you are our daddy Lord intimacy that we have with you because you love us, not because of our age or not because of how long we've served you but because you just love us as creator and you want good for us, you want blessings for us. So Lord, I pray that over every person, Lord, those that are going through an emotional hard time right now, I just ask that the Holy Spirit would be that peace and be that comfort, Lord, that I feel in my heart today. I pray for that one, Lord, that is hurting for something right now. I just say, Holy Spirit, would you just... Be the peace and be the comforter, be the healer over this situation, whatever it is. You heal that heart. You heal that hurt, Lord, right now. Those that are asking for healing in physical body, we declare that by the stripes on Jesus' back, they have already been healed. So I declare that and I receive that with them right now. Anyone needing healing over anxiety or fear, fear, Lord, we just speak against that because we know you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we speak that over every person, Lord, dealing with, with anxiety or even um, sickness in their mind. We just speak against that. We declare that, a sound mind right now in Jesus' name. We declare that. We thank you, Lord, that, that healing is taking place over children that are battling. Sickness and adults, we thank you that you're the healer of every emotion and every sickness. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, Amen. Love y'all so much. We'll see you. When Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv slash give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.